Welcome to the ProCom Podcast, hosted by Paul Vogels, with expert guest interviews, case study reviews, and insightful discussion topics. The ProCom Podcast leads the Project Controls conversation. So welcome. Sorry, guys, uh, I've got to uh, hit the record button, so it's not that simple. Uh, Jan was explaining. Um, uh, I have Jan Kadol as a guest here, um, a long-time project management guru, I think, uh, started in 78 Central Bureau of Statistics, um, uh, studied mathematics, physics, um, every single line in your resume tells me something to do with project management. Exactly. Uh, please tell me, Jan, what's so beautiful about project management? Uh, the most beautiful thing of project management is that you uh, it is a very simple profession. Uh, first you uh, write down what you're going to do and then you do what you have written down. So it's very simple. From nature, I'm lazy. So that combination is wonderful. Well, well I, I hope your guest on the other side of the table agrees to that. Uh, <laughs> Stefan Hollack, uh, a master in science doctor. He has a PhD. Um, so I'm very humbled with you guys uh, being on the table. Uh, Manager Academy at Primanet, Project Controls Academy. Um, uh, Stefan, uh, if I look at your resume, and it's a little bit shorter than Jan's resume. Yes. Uh, 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 well, uh, due to the, uh, to the nature of your age, of course, but... Can you can you uh, feel what Jan is telling uh, that it's, it's a simple profession, uh, or uh, what do you feel about project management? Well, well, actually, um, it is more difficult than chemistry uh, <laughs> because in chemistry, if you duplicate an experiment and you 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 can influence all parameter parameters, you will get exact the same result. You can duplicate an experiment, and in project management, you can never duplicate a project. A project is unique, so that makes it so fascinating that every product project will be different due to yeah all kind of factors, risks. Uh, so actually, I like it because it's more complicated than chemistry. <laughs> but you see it as a profession, or or because uh, if we look at the world or at the Benelux, or or it's it's I think dependent, and then we'll discuss that later. Um, not every organization or not everybody sees it as a profession. Do you think you can be trained in project management? You can be more experienced in uh, influencing the outcome of a project? Yes, yes, I'm, 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 I'm confident about that. And not only project management, I think project controls is also a profession uh, and maybe a slightly different profession than project management. Often people call it in the same sentence and, and don't know exactly the difference, but I think there's, there's quite a big difference between the two. Yeah, there is quite a difference, but I also think that a table has four legs, but everything with four legs doesn't have to be a table. Uh-huh. And I think that project management uh, is uh, is capturing at least the the the, the most uh, uh, basics things from project control as well. Yeah, yeah, and project control in itself is just a part of project management. Well, what I see in the, that is in what, the, at least my opinion. Yeah. In the, in the world uh, where project management, uh, and, and we are going to call this uh, the marriage between project management and project controls. I think the one can't live without the other. Uh, it's the same as a real manager. The one can't live without the other, but sometimes they can't live with the other. Uh, and that's, that's the struggle I see in project management, project controls. Uh, it's, it's, you need a real good insight. 
But sometimes the project manager wants to well, be at the table. Huh? What's your opinion on that, Jan? Because you have a lot of experience in being project manager, program managers, teaching, coaching. Uh, well, as I said before, I think that uh, uh, when you are managing a project, uh, and I fully agree that uh, every project is unique, but there is one thing in common in every project. Uh, it always starts with an idea, and there are always people involved. Mm -hmm. And but that makes it a hard part, probably. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> but... That is uh, depending on uh, how you uh, uh, are able to uh, to cope with people in general yeah. and, and yeah. <clears throat> some special people <laughs> like engineers, for example, uh, in uh, more in uh, more specific. Uh, the uh, I think that one of the uh, uh, interesting things from project management, uh, apart from working with people, is that you have the possibility uh, to uh, to get more out of people than they ever thought they could deliver. And that is has always been, been my challenge. Uh, I, uh, I'm always looking forward to, uh, first of all, to meet new people and to, uh, 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 to work with people and, and let them jump over a bar they thought they never could reach but isn't that very hard if you meet people in every new project there are new project managers there are people who you know um, do they live up to the processes and to the often, young adult standards often you well <laughs> uh, I, I hope not uh, but uh, no often uh, they uh, uh, they have we have to let, to get to know each other And I spend a lot of effort in, uh, in uh, especially in setting up a team, in getting to know people and know what uh, what their ideas are, what they what their hobbies are, how their home situation is, because when you don't know those things, you cannot react properly on, uh, let's say, on things that might happen in a project. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a project once in uh, I, I managed in Switzerland, uh, and there were people from uh, well team members from all over Europe. There were a couple of programmers from Romania. There were uh, there was one from uh, Vienna. There were a couple of from Stuttgart, from uh, uh, Frankfurt, uh, one from Hamburg, and then this uh, typical uh, Dutch guy uh, who. <laughs> Had to manage the whole thing, and I said, "I don't give a shit. Whatever you, wherever you come from, I want you to be at the premises of the project uh, Monday morning, ten o'clock, and I will be the last to leave the premises Thursday afternoon at three uh, uh, p.m." And uh, that was the standard. I made things clear from the beginning. Isn't that a blunt uh, which, cultural thing which from the Netherlands? For, for me, that I had to travel, not on Monday morning, which was okay from Eindhoven Airport uh, uh, to Zurich uh, in, uh, in the summertime, but when it became a little bit foggy and, and, and things like that, I had to travel on Sunday night in order to be there on time, Monday morning, yep. because 
there were the rules for the team and the same are applicable for me. Of course. And uh, I have forbidden those guys who are all from different companies in Germany and all all kind of Mm -hmm. service providers. I have forbidden them to go to to their employer on uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday uh, during uh, working hours. I said, you need to refill, recharge to be, let's say, uh, uh, fresh on Monday morning again. Yeah. I had that team together for two years without any struggle. And, and, uh, of course, I, I became a question from one of the employers of uh, the team members. Uh, I need uh, then that guy on, on Friday to uh, make a proposal for a customer. I said, when you ask him to come to your company on uh, Friday, you have him the next week, the whole week, <laughs> because I don't accept that. Mm-hmm. And that helped. What I also did in that particular project uh, is that I, uh, I was put in a hotel by the Swiss company, which was... Uh, f- I think 15 Swiss francs more expensive than the hotel where my team members were stayed in. That's not so much anymore. It, it uh, used to be a lot, 15 francs, but. but anyway, <laughs> but for that time, because yeah. I'm talking about uh, another century. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What kind uh, of project was it? It was uh, a full flesh implementation of uh, an ERP system uh, with 800 seats over three subsidiaries. Okay. And that was, uh, uh, they went from a, let's say, paper business towards uh, fully uh, supported by uh, software. And that was uh, very exciting for that particular company. But a big change, of course. A big change. And then you have to, the problem is not to introduce a new package. The problem is to, to, uh, let's say, facilitate the people in that change. Yeah, adaption. It's, it's difficult and, and, and you have to prepare the, the That is people. very, very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what you often hear in HR, eh, and, I, and, I, and I've heard this story about, about that hotel, is yeah. you hire soft skills, but you train hard skills with different people, with different culture. It's, yeah. it's always hard to communicate. Eh? You, can, eh, you can put on a planning, for example, or a rule, but a rule means sometimes something different for, for different cultures, yeah. for example. Yeah, well, and, and there is another thing. At this very moment, uh, a lot of people uh, are talking about agile as if that is a, a medicine for all diseases. Yeah. Right? It's the holy grail uh, of project management but, nowadays. And nowadays, people have, uh, in the beginning of the day, they have stand-up meetings uh, in order to uh, to look back to uh, the day, uh, the past day, and look forward to the present day. And then, uh, what do we have to do? Uh, in uh, the nineties, the we uh, didn't know uh, what an agile way of working was. But we had every morning, not a stand-up meeting, uh, a sitting-down uh, breakfast at the hotel, and we were talking about exactly the same things uh, that are now discussed during a stand-up meeting. Yeah. But you can only do that. Hey? You can only have breakfast with your team members if you get them all in the premises and, and you have a hobby in project management. Exactly. Uh, I always say I have two passions. 
One passion started with my wife, and in the meantime, it's a family of 18 people. Uh, uh, the other passion is uh, project management, and this has always been my hobby as well. So normally they uh, they say when you're uh, retired you uh, start working on your hobby. Uh, <laughs> so the I same did. thing. So I did. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's I think a very very interesting. Huh? You are huh, uh, 70 years old, still yeah. working a lot with uh, with project management, huh? training uh, training young guys. Um, your other hobby has uh, has 18 uh, uh, relatives nowadays, huh? so a big family on Sunday morning. Uh, Stefan is a young guy. He's uh, he's been working also since a couple of years in uh, in project management. Uh, has to start with the 18 people uh, on the uh, thing, but I think the the soft skills and the hard skills, huh, which actually project control is is more huh, what you can educate or what you can calculate in the end, is also something. Is that also very different then? Because you are also uh, one of our senior consultants huh, at, uh, at PrimaNet. You see a lot of uh, uh, people and organizations transforming their organization. Is the challenge in change or is it also in the educational part or in the theoretical part or practical part of project controls? Yeah, it's a combination indeed. It's, um, I fully agree that the change is, is difficult for organization. Actually, we're talking about engineers. This morning I had a meeting of two hours, uh, with the engineering department of a company. And, and it's, especially in Corona time, it's, it's really difficult. Of course, you don't see each other and, and you expect an organization to, to change because they're going to use a project controls tooling. Um, so you really need to prepare them and, and yes, your work will be different, but in the end, you will help the organization and hopefully also yourself. Um, so, so change management is a, a big part of the work. Um, but education, it's, it's really important in, in soft skills also, but also in hard skills. Like, um, people have to know on, on, on a sort of high level, uh, what's, the other departments are doing. You have to know within the project, okay, you are the engineer, but you have to know what's, what is happening. What are the risk managers talking about? What does the scheduler want from me? So to, to, to have a sort of T-shaped professionals, the people know at least the basics of project controls, know why everybody is doing what he does and what is the, the reason why he asks me the questions. That is really important. And then, of course, the, the T-shape is you have basic knowledge on all the uh, knowledge areas and you are the expert in the, the one thing you are good at. And it can be risks or it can be engineering or whatever. Yeah. Well, especially in, in the in the high, so engineers are always the, the more technical guys. It's maybe sometimes a miscommunication what they mean with, are we on time? Well, if there's no baseline, we are always on time well, the, at the end. It is, uh, it is very interesting. <laughs> Uh, everyone might have heard about the triple constraints. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the classical triple constraints are scope, uh, time and costs. Uh, and they should be in balance in order to ha minimize the amount of risks and maximize the quality. Yeah. That is, let's say, in one, a one-liner for the classical uh, triple constraints. But there is another triple constraint because the one I just mentioned is from a project point of view. The one I like to add to it is from a product point of view. There is also a scope, but not 
the how, which was the project scope, but yep. the what. Mm-hmm. What are we going to establish? What uh, should at the end be the result of our project? Uh, then you have costs uh, and not the, uh, let's say, uh, the uh, uh, the sum of the, uh, let's say, people costs of a project mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe some material costs of the project. But, for example, when you are uh, uh, developing a uh, new engine or uh, a new transmission, you are very interested in the costs of the bill of material. Because the bill of material, and I I just uh, give you a small example, Uh, when the bill of material for a a certain product is 800 euros, the cost price, and you are able to sell that product for 1100 euros, euros and imagine and i i know a company where that happened that you sell on a monthly base uh, over 40000 units then imagine what you earn mm-hmm. what the net operating profit is which is, that is about 12 million euros yep and those and the costs for developing that new product over a period of, let's say, uh, three to four years, is 30 or 50 million euros. When the, imagine you just need a payback time of a couple of months to cover for the costs made for uh, developing that product. Now, when these type of products have a product life cycle and, let's say, our life over a period of 10 to 15 years, you can imagine how much money you can earn mm. in order to develop new products, etc., etc. But it builds the business case to put in the money to develop the engine. Yeah, but Not- from a controlling standpoint of view, uh, the company I'm referring to, and I'm not going to mention the name because it's not interesting, but the CEO was not particularly interested in the project costs, but he was very much interesting in, let's say, a couple of euros reducement uh, of the uh, of the bill of material costs. Mm-hmm. And what if you can't predict the bill of materials? Huh? So we are in this pandemic and nobody can imagine how when the Eureka moment comes for a vaccine or for a for a new uh, development, how do you balance those three constraints into the, well, let's call it the business case of the project on the bill of materials? Yeah, that, 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 that is, of course, a very interesting thing. Yeah. And, and, but then you see that a lot of other disciplines are coming together because then uh, most companies not have procurement embedded in the project, but have a separate purchasing department yeah. or ha- and have a separate sales department. So the balance between your project and creating that particular product uh, goes hand in hand and you need a lot of cooperation and tuning with other departments in the company that are not actually uh, 100% involved in the project itself. That's that's the big challenge. And that makes it interesting. Because, yeah, you want to to increase project controls for the full company with all the different departments that are actually islands, mm. especially procurement is often one that, that doesn't really 
see the projects. They're not working on projects. They just see what they need to procure uh, when the, 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 the engineering items are released, so to say. Um, so to get this portfolio overview, to combine the projects, the project results, and, and see where you can um, increase the turnover rate or whatever, yeah. uh, that's a challenge. And for that, you also need portfolio overview. And I think that's also a good thing for project controls, of course, that, that you're not looking at one project. Like project manager is actually, his, his scope is the scope of the project. Yeah, it, in, terms, in terms of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, maturity of project management, I would like to say something. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an old guy called Colin Hastings. Uh, he lived about 100 years ago. Uh, and he uh, said that a, a manager, project manager, uh, is, uh, has seven, six views uh, to consider. Uh, the first two are looking forward and looking backward. Mm -hmm. Looking forward means you need to plan. Looking backward means you uh, should be able to report about what happened. Then he has to, uh, I say he, but can be a she as well, uh, of course. Uh, the project manager uh, should also be able uh, to look uh, upward and to look downward. Looking upward means that he has the ability to communicate in a proper way uh, uh, according the expectations towards senior management. Yeah. And he has to have the ability as well to manage or lead, to facilitate the people in his team. Yeah. And then we have two other views that are very uh, important. One is uh, looking outward and the other one is looking inward. Looking inward means that a project manager needs uh, to be uh, capable of doing uh, self-reflection. And looking outward means uh, a project manager should be able to understand what the influences are of things that might happen outside the project. What the influence might be of a pandemic. What the influence might be of a uh, financial crisis. Uh, when you think about the tsunami that, uh, that struck a part of Japan, uh, about well, how, how many years ago was it? 10 years, 15 years. 15 years, yeah. something like that. Yeah, there was this tsunami. Uh, end result of the tsunami was that an industrial area was flooded and there was a nuclear disaster over there. Now, this was an advantage, a competitive advantage for a Dutch company. Because that particular Dutch company had a supplier for a critical part of his, his product, which was in development at that time, uh, in Germany, Switzerland. The competitor of that company, of the Dutch company, had a supplier for that same kind of critical part in that particular yeah. area. Yeah. So, But is that more... Environment, environment management, or is that also, and you were talking about time, cost, and scope as, as three, as the triple constraints. Yeah. Um, uh, I hear a lot that, that, that PM is changing. PMI is actually also uh, uh, more into the six 
constraints in the PM star where risk, for example, is one of the, yeah. one of the additional, um, uh, knowledge areas, which more and more organizations eh, and look at, for example, a Dutch Rijkswaterstaat, public works, who is more risk, uh, aware. Eh? I yeah. don't say mature, but aware of, okay, something can happen. Weather can be bad, eh? hot, more hot summers wetter uh, uh, winters, uh, uh, even events uh, like like a tsunami, well, not in the Netherlands, but well, in that area? Yeah. The, let's say there are examples uh, uh, that are, uh, maybe you can call them typical Dutch. Uh, for example, the uh, uh, maintenance, I'm talking about a long time ago in the meantime, but the maintenance of the uh, bridge uh, over the river near Gorkum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was a project that was uh, uh, won by uh, by Heymans. Yep. And uh, the first thing they did was they uh, put a, some kind of a tent <laughs> over the bridge, and the whole uh, uh, bridge was closed for traffic. It yep. was of course during a summer period, but we don't have a guarantee that uh, that uh, it, it won't rain for uh, three weeks in the Netherlands. Uh, and uh, so they covered the whole bridge and they had were able to uh, uh, fix the work, to fix the maintenance in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing was that the contract with the government was on a, uh, let's say, uh, uh, cost reimbursement uh, yep. uh, basis. Time and material. Uh, no, not time material. No, no, with a bonus malus. Uh, okay, system. yeah. And they had a huge bonus because they w- ha- were able to finish the project half a day before it should actually be finished. Yeah, yeah. And that was very interesting. Yeah. But but that's I think something which which has been calculated. Eh? It's a calculated risk, and I think that's where the marriage. Eh, going yeah. back to the marriage, where the project management team needs some. Of beta guys with with big analytic skills to calculate. Okay, yes, this tent will cost you thirty thousand euros, for example. Yeah. But in case of rain, it will save you three hundred thousand euros uh, miles. Yeah. And probably yeah, if you if you go before it, it needs to be finished. It will save you. Eh? The bonus will be bigger than the thirty thousand. So that's where where your profession comes into place. We need scenarios. We need calculations. Yeah. We need a risk. A scenario and 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 of course it's always uh, difficult to uh, to know the unknown uh, yeah. that, that tsunami was of course a uh, uh, bad luck for for a particular company yeah but on the other hand uh, you know that you are in a specific area uh, when you are uh, uh, building a bridge in the Netherlands you have to realize that you have to count with a lot of mud mm-hmm and that the uh, the the, the uh, let's say uh, when you are uh, digging uh, a tunnel or uh, you want to uh, establish a, a subway uh, below Amsterdam from north to south, uh, when you uh, try to hire a, a, a an, an Austrian or a Swiss uh, uh, tube digger uh, who is uh, familiar with. Uh, uh, making a tunnel uh, through the Gotthard uh, or whatever yep. uh, mountain uh, that uh, uh, that that requires other skills, yeah. Mm. Uh, so you have to be aware of uh, of 
what are your surroundings and what are uh, what are the the chances that specific things occur. Mm-hmm. Look to society. Uh, when I uh, was uh, when I think back to the seventies, it was uh, the flower power period. <laughs> It We've was all it. happiness and, uh, blah, 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 and everything was possible and uh, smoking weed and uh, God knows what. I never did that, but uh, thank God. But uh, that was a period where freedom was consumed in the most optimal way. Uh, the beginning of this week, I heard that they even want to remove the statue in, in, in the neighborhood of Los Angeles that was created that iconic statue from Marilyn Monroe because, because it was not women friendly. <laughs> so look how uh, those changes in society could never be predicted. But it happened. Yeah, but also I think the world has been changing. Eh? We are living in a harder world. Eh? You, eh, you can't, um, eh, you say it, uh, 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 he or she, eh? you have to mention all kinds yeah. of flavors and, and um, uh, people are more ag- well, aggressive on a business point of view. Eh? There are more claims, there are more changes. Uh, if, if you buy a microwave in the, uh, in the USA, there is in the, in the manual, eh? don't put your dog in it to, uh, uh, to dry him. Um, I think the change culture and the claim, especially the claims culture is coming also into the, uh, into the Americas, uh, from the Americas, from the US into the Europe continent. I think that's, Well, that's also something, and I think uh, um, within our project controls or project management community, But we that, see that you take more that and in more consideration. Yeah. Nowadays. we have yeah, a, we have a full uh, training about just about change control and claim analysis uh, because um, it's really important to prepare for the claim before the claim is there. Uh, <laughs> claim analysis is not is not about. Well, it's also about the, the actually the calculations, but it's mainly about your administration. Mm-hmm. It's mainly about preparing, having every event uh, already written down, take a picture. There's not, not even a, an issue yet, but there might be an issue later. Yeah, we, we, if you are, if yeah. you are digging and you're expecting sand yeah. and there's a, suddenly a stone somewhere. Okay. You have to, to change the excavator for a ripper. You have to, to, uh, to, uh, rip down the stone and then yeah. uh, go uh, further with digging. It takes you maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. So you think, okay, I'm not going to make this picture. I'm not going to report it. It's okay. 10 meters later, you find more stones. It was not in the contract. You think, okay, hmm. Okay. Let's, let's put the ripper on. Uh, we kill the stones again and we continue. So if you, if you don't train your organization that every little change, even though it's little, you should make a picture. You should report it. We should have an easy accessible. It's, it shouldn't be too. Too much administrative work, mm-hmm. um, but we should do it because in the end, and this is an actual example uh, from a customer of us, it can save you like hundreds of thousands of euros because yeah. in the contract, it was said, we have a sand ground with no stones. And in the end, they had like hours of delay of every time having to to rip those those stones apart. Yeah, th- yeah. And I would like to, 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 uh, to mention a couple of things. One of the things is I have an example like that and that shows the importance of uh, uh, change control uh, in a project. Uh, we were asked by uh, 
a company in Germany uh, to uh, uh, build a, uh, a system uh, for warehouse management, order picking, and stuff like that. And uh, we uh, were asked to offer it a fixed price, fixed date. Now, uh, according good German uh, way of working, there was a so-called Pflichtenheft uh, requirements document, which was really three centimeters uh, thick, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of uh, details. And uh, long story short is that uh, uh, the offer we made was, uh, and it was in the in the before the euro uh, period, it was one and a half million uh, German marks. Uh, then the uh, 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 the guy responsible from the company uh, said, "Yeah, but we are part of a Dutch holding, which is uh, 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 noted uh, uh, is on the stock exchange in Amsterdam. And uh, before we have that, uh, let's say uh, that money available, that is going to take a lot of time, and I want to have it now." <laughs> okay, he said. Uh, so, can you reduce it to uh, something? Uh, uh, which is uh, uh, will cost me 300,000 uh, German marks. Uh, no, no problem. But instead of a, uh, uh, let's say, a BMW, you were getting uh, a Flintstone car. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that's, that was obvious. The project started on day two. A guy from the company came to me and said, uh, Jan, I... Just a small question. I have here a document with uh, just a small change. Uh, can you do it? Uh, <laughs> I said, wait. And I have a document which is called change request. Yeah, yeah. And I fill it in. And I asked my consultant, how much time do we need yeah. to get that as well? Long story short is, at the end, all the requirements from that requirement document were yep. fulfilled. He had to pay more than he that. had to pay 2.3 <laughs> yeah. million uh, German marks. Yeah, yeah. So and is that uh, what what we see? Uh, and and how with the preparation of this podcast series, and we're gonna we're gonna record a lot more. Um, there is no podcast on project controls. There is no university on project controls. Are people aware of the power and the, well, the advantage you can get with project management or project controls or look they, um, at, at project controls or project management more as an administrator? Eh? What are you, uh, well, uh, don't be naggy about uh, the change order and the change request. Eh? It's just a small thing. Why don't you do it? Well, eh? It's a good I relationship. I think the world is changing. I think that uh, because of the, uh, uh, The, the, the cycle of change, as I call it, which is getting shorter and shorter in society, in businesses, in developments, in, in, in IT, the, in, in, IT uh, in the uh, high tech area in the southeastern region of the Netherlands, yep. Eindhoven and surroundings. Uh, things are changing uh, so often uh, and, and, and uh, are, let's say, uh, the, uh, uh, the frequency of changes is so Uh, is 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 uh, 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 getting more short cycled uh, than ever, yeah. And every change requires a project. So the necessity of having project management, uh, the necessity of getting a projectized way of working, 
Whatever approach you use, either it is waterfall or it is agile or hybrid, uh, we have uh, new hypes coming up, VUCA, whatever it means. But uh, back to base, it's still the same. First, you, uh, you, you, you start with defining what the result you want. Yeah. yeah. So thinking, thinking ahead before thinking you start, ahead, yeah. write down what you want to do yeah. and then do what you written down. And, and, but not m trying to make something just out of the blue, because then you have to uh, go to a, a university and, and uh, try to get some, uh, uh, some uh, funds for uh, uh, an investigation that will uh, help the world getting better in uh, two decades. Yeah. If you had a crystal ball and you could look at the project manager in, let's say, 2030, and that's yeah. nine years from now, how how do you think a project manager or a project management department would look like? Uh, I think that uh, the project uh, manager uh, should have the, uh, first of all, go back to base uh, and have the uh, ability to act like a chameleon, uh, a chameleon in uh, in order to, uh, there is not one approach wholly, no. He applies knowledge, tools, and techniques in a very flexible, back-to-base way. Uh, that is a very important thing. And he has the ability to understand uh, not only the project and its contents, but uh, knows, understands the business understands the environment as well. And uh, he has a very good knowledge of business cases, how they have can be established, how they can be managed, because what we often saw in the past is that a business case was made uh, and funds were released and then the business case went into the threshold bin. Mm -hmm. yeah? yep. But I think that, that when you look forward, that this pro project manager can't do it all alone. Um, I never said that. Project management. No, but you said like he has to have knowledge about the full business and about all the processes. No, no, no. Yeah, but he has to understand it from a helicopter view. Yeah. And then it is... Uh, I finished my sentence first, yeah, sorry, sorry, what, yeah. he, what he needs, and then I will reply to your remark. Uh, he has the, uh, uh, he should be able uh, to uh, communicate uh, on all levels. He should be able to understand the importance of risk management, which we mentioned before, mm -hmm. of stakeholder management and all those things, and understands that there are no silos of knowledge and, and throw things over the border, but it is always a team that is doing it. Yeah. Now, in order to answer your question, that particular project manager cannot know it all. No, exactly. When the project is uh, of a size that you uh, have a project team of three people, maybe you can imagine that something <clears throat> can be done like that. Yeah. But in the, uh, with the increasing complexity uh, especially in technology uh, environment, uh, you see actually a multi-level 
project management. Yeah. But also the financial stakes. Projects are getting bigger. Huh? They are more. And what a complex Whatever. project was 10 years ago This is a simple project now. Ex exactly. And what you see happening is the necessity of, on different levels, project management support. Project management offices, we call it, on operational, technical, or strategic level. Strategic level is more, let's say, portfolio-oriented, yeah, uh, overlooking the whole business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, from a uh, technical level, we are looking to a a certain program, which which uh, part of the whole portfolio that is uh, supported by that. And uh, uh, you have the operational level, where the uh, uh, let's say the uh, uh, the things in the project itself come together. And it is depending on the size of the project and the complexity how that is uh, steered. Uh, what I always wanted, wanted to uh, to get back to is those uh, two views on the triple constraints I mentioned. Yeah, the product how and the product what. For the product how, you especially need an organizational project manager. And an organizational project manager is someone who understands uh, the hard skills of the profession, who understands the soft skills of the profession and understands a variety of uh, helicopter views on context. I have been working uh, for the famous company Pijnenburg Koekfabrieken, Koninklijke Royal Royal Cookie uh, Factory <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in Gelderop. Very nice company. But then you are in an environment which is totally different uh, than uh, working for uh, Dove Trucks and totally different from working in the pharma industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but you are, well, were able to, to see all those three different business and uh, objectives. understanding yeah. that you need for some specific things, you need specialists. Yep. And then you come to the what, where you have some technical environments, they call it the systems architect or the technical project manager. That is the one with, let's say, far more than I know uh, uh, technical knowledge about, knowledge about that specific context. Who knows, uh, uh, HACC by heart, uh, rules and regulations in the food and beverage industry. Who knows, uh, MDD, MDR by heart, rules and regulations in the, uh, uh, realization of, of, of medical uh, equipment. Mm. Uh, who knows, Give it a name. Mm -hmm. But is that just on the branch specific needs? Huh? So within the, if you, if you're baking cookies and, and bakery, uh, yeah. uh, you need, you need food safe. Uh, but is, do you also need a, a project controls engineer who is a specialist in Monte Carlo analysis or in scheduling? Huh? What's, how's that marriage being uh, I th arranged? I, th I think, uh, I think that either uh, no, not either. I think that uh, a uh, that project controls is getting more important because of the pressure on projects, especially uh, uh, projects uh, with with, uh, for example, a time to market uh, yep. strategy or or uh, where uh, money is uh, and health is uh, is an important uh, issue, or for example, the the necessity of of building. Uh, 
uh, houses uh, in, in the Amsterdam area yeah. is, is an issue. Yeah. Uh, Or infra, uh, being yeah. able to travel without uh, sitting sitting in line. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> yeah. But there are, uh, I think the necessity of project controls is getting uh, more clear uh, and, and is uh, an implicit part of managing a project. Mm -hmm. And also now the data streams is becoming bigger and bigger. There's so yeah. much more data about the project, about the project health. There's so much information or data actually that needs to be transferred to information. Yeah. Um, and I think that a project controls engineer is also somebody who can help in, in translating actually the data to, to, okay, what is important or, and, and at what time do I need to communicate that to which stakeholder? Uh, he As a filter for the, for the project manager who is, who is driving yeah. the, the project, for yeah, example. I think that he or she is uh, uh, very much involved in, in let's say, uh, the preparations for decision-making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, if, if you, and, and, and then it's interesting that they, are a, they have the ability to make mm -hmm. that complex, uh, let's say, uh, huge amount of data, mm -hmm. uh, let's say, transparent uh, in, a, in such a way that even a, excuse me, managers all over the world, a stupid manager at senior level can understand it. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. filtering. It's about translating yeah. this bunch of data yeah. to... But very transparent. Transparent, yes, but you need to, to show or be able to show the, yeah. the supporting data, but make, make, uh, simple blocks of, okay, this is, this is what's happening. You need to decide, go left, go right. You need to decide, go faster, go slower. You need to decide. And I think that's, well, that's where the project controls engineer is, is the filter or the, the, the analyst on getting all these data streams into, into the simple decision for a project manager to say, okay, this is what is coming up. This is what we need to do. You need to decide. The project manager needs to decide on yeah. that topic. Uh, we, we know from, uh, let's say, the theory of project management that uh, when you have a delay in your project, there are a couple of possibilities to deal with it. Uh, one of the things is uh, crashing, which means we do, uh, we, we put a, we take some over hours, yeah? Yeah. Uh, which you can only do for a limited amount of time, or you do uh, fast tracking, uh, doing things in parallel, introducing more risk, etc., etc., for yeah. possible rework. Uh, the interesting part of project controls is to foresee when something like that might occur yeah. so that you are uh, uh, doing what Joel Baker, uh, Barker, uh, wanted to introduce in the future edge in, in the early 90s. He yeah. wrote that book and uh, he said, we need a paradigm shift. We need to change from more reactive way of working to proactive way mm -hmm. of working. Risk management is change prevention. Look around yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You t there are guys over there, <laughs> and they are uh, rehearsing for a small disaster. Yeah, a barbecue was lit, and they have to uh, to put the fire yeah. out. And what we uh, uh, what we see happening when they have to do it in real life, when their barbecue in their backyard is getting fire, yeah, and they have to. Put out the fire. <laughs> Are they still 
uh, cool do they enough. still have the same enthusiasm and are they cool enough do they know to the do theory that? to yeah. do and the same we yeah. were just talking about it before apply the podcast it. Yeah. apply what you yeah. what you have it's learned. difficult yeah. you can know all the rules yeah. but then when it happens to you yeah. you should know how oh, to react we are, we are only human at the, uh, at the end eh? it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's the fight or flight uh, reaction I think uh, we have but uh, this is you know what is going on and uh, at the end uh, when you're on Saturday evening barbecuing and your steak is in fire um well you don't know it eh? you don't know the unknown and that i think yeah. where uh, i think where the um uh, where the where the uh, anxiety comes from yeah at the end all right guys so thanks very much i think we can talk for hours on this eh? but i think the the tape is almost full uh, if we uh, if we have uh, if we don't stop or we will uh, be here uh, before the uh, for the barbecue is uh, is lit um Thank you very much, Jan Karol, uh, for having uh, having you on the on the show. Thank you very Pleasure. much, Stefan Hollock, uh, uh, on this uh, on the show. Uh, we will continue to uh, to discuss this later. Uh, we might uh, see each other. Uh, uh, the project management world is a little bit uh, small. Um, if you, but it's getting larger and larger. More people are getting involved. It's more aware. There there will be universities. There will be more people trained for this. So I assume we uh, we need a bigger table in the uh, in the end in the studio to have more uh, more guests. If you would would have an idea, if you had a wish list, what kind of guests uh, without mentioning names because we're going to uh, to uh, to push them uh, uh, to the edge uh, maybe if we talk what would be interesting for the project management world as a guest on this Procon podcast series. Uh, what I uh, think would be very interesting is uh, uh, someone from the uh, high tech campus. Let let invite someone. Yeah, right. This region in Europe, and I live there, so that's yeah. That's... You live in the region, <laughs> uh, for example. Ask. Uh, I, I can mention the name, but I, I will do it after the recordings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I uh, I know a couple of guys who are I think very much willing uh, to talk about it, and. Uh, uh, what would be interesting as well is uh, uh, because there are what we haven't addressed yet that are the all the different types of projects, yeah, mm-hmm. in in a public projects and, and and what can go wrong and how are we going yeah. to deal with it? What can be the influence of a, a union? Yeah, the, look at the Oosterschelde, yeah. Dam, uh, the we, famous Polder model. Uh, our way of, uh, of, of, of doing politics in the Netherlands, I think it would be interesting uh, to have someone from, let's say, uh, very uh, technical-driven and, and, and research-driven environment and a politician and, and put them around the table. <laughs> and I, can, yeah. I think you have a smashing discussion. Yeah. And fireworks will yeah, be there. Fireworks, fireworks yeah. will be there. Stefan, if you uh, if you could uh, put uh, an industry or a project on the uh, on the Procon podcast wish list, any thoughts? Um, well, I find it fascinating in the, the the chemical industry. That's of course my origin. Uh, when a, f- a factory has maintenance, a lot has to happen in just well. Uh, maybe a week or two, yeah. because every day the the power the, the plant is in shutdown. It will cost you a lot of money. Yes, and and so somebody uh, that can explain the amount of activities uh, that are taking place in such a factory at that time, and of course also having people working with gas and with fire uh, at the same time in this in the same building is really uh, complicated. So how? How is project controls in a, in a factory during shutdown? Uh, 
it's I think an interesting yeah. subject. So the, so the common thing about you is we want to see fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see fireworks, but there's another thing I would like to see, and that is uh, awareness in the public opinion. Because for it, I, I, I can't hesitate to, to mention another example. I have so many examples, but I want to mention one. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of people that were complaining about the, uh, the, the uh, let's say, the budget of the, uh, uh, let's take, for example, the Betuwe Lane. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and everyone said that was, uh, that, that, that has cost much more than, uh, than was calculated in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you look to the real figures, that was one of the best projects we've ever did. But people uh, and public opinion is always thinking, once a budget has been settled, it is fixed. And they don't understand anything of the, 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 the importance of a change request Because a change request means when it is, uh, let's say, appreciated and, and, and it's okay and we're going to do with it, the original budget is increased. Yep. But the project is improved. Yeah. And it's actually but, not a project but on a project. Don't understand that. No. The original budget for the North South Line was 1.3 billion euros. Yep. At the end, it became 3.1, the same figures, but just the other <laughs> Different way order. And uh, that is, uh, and in the first part of the project, project controls was was, was not exactly uh, performed in a good way. Afterwards it was, but yep. in the beginning it was not. Uh, I'm not uh, pointing a finger to blame uh, someone, but I know where it went from. But what I want to say is that the public opinion is still thinking about that 1.3. Because they only see a part of the scope and a part of the process. Eh? And at now the end, we they have, look at the same line. The Oosterschelderwerken. Yeah. And we, as Dutch, we are super proud about that miracle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The doors that can be closed and, yep. and, 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 and uh, even uh, uh, the uh, the sea fish can swim at the other side. Mm -hmm. oh, this and it doesn't get salt. Yeah? And, and the fishermen yep. are happy. But the whole project the uh, costed three to three and a half times the original yep. planned budget. No one is talking about that. No, but we can talk about it for uh, for ages. Uh, I'm yeah. going to wrap this up. We can stay uh, We can stay here. Um, if you have a, a question or uh, maybe a suggestion for a guest, uh, please send us an email, uh, podcast at primanet.com or look at the website, proconpodcast.com. And if you plan to upgrade your project controls insights, Don't take a risk and schedule your subscription to the ProCom podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Stefan again, thank you very much. Jan, thank you very much. And uh, hope to see you uh, on the next uh, episode. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the ProCom podcast. To listen and watch more episodes, you can subscribe and access the resources mentioned in this episode by visiting proconpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode where we will continue to lead the Project Controls conversation. The ProCom podcast and the associated resources is published under copyright to PrimaNed. All rights reserved, no reproduction of this content is permitted.